0: And we are back again for another episode, week three of Movies on Islands Month. Um, Maybe one of our more ridiculous names uh, in the entire run of the show. Uh, We're here to talk about uh, Battle Royale, which is somewhat similar, but also somewhat different to the films we've already covered so far. And we have a wonderful special guest, Mr. Paulo Yama returns to the podcast
1: Well, my first and only appearance on this show is going to be really exciting. Um, I've never been invited on the show before, so it's really nice to finally get that. Um, I've been sending in mail for a long time, uh, and I'm excited to finally appear. I mean, the the two hosts of this podcast figured if anybody knows about being Japanese and surviving on an island, but just barely, uh, it's me. So let's do
0: it. (laughs) I mean, if... if you are Japanese. You are on an island, and you may have been injured recently. So, like I feel, yes, like you're, yes, you have
1: I, I am much like our our hero of this <laughs> of this movie, and that I am in crutches for the the most recent uh, time period that you see me. So
0: I will yeah. say your locks are just not
1: as impressive as some. No, of that's right. I'm say. not. A, I'm not like a live action anime boy, like <laughs> many are in this movie are.
0: The battle royale franchise, uh, where men have crazy bleached
1: and spiky <laughs> hair. Uh, that's just being. That's like being Japanese in fourteen. And I got. I
0: <laughs> There's a particularly crazy one in uh, the, the second Battle Royale film where one of the kids has like bleached white hair and just sticks in all directions. He looks like <laughs> like a porcupine or something. Did. So look. did 2003 um,
2: United States appropriate Japanese culture or did Japan take this after 2003
1: California Bleach hair Boys? No, I think it was like t- – I think it's the anime wave. I mean we'll get into a little bit oh, of sort yeah. of the anime influence or like the live-action anime almost qualities of the movie that we're covering today. But I do think that that's a big part of kind of the style. And I do think it was a bit emulated. I mean I think that's just Americans discovering anime too and being like, know, yeah. these guys look cool. I'm going <laughs> to look like these guys. It's I haven't discovered, discovered it yet. So I – I think next year is my my Bleached Spikes.
2: Yeah. 2022, Zach, Bleached Spikes.
0: I'm excited for Bleached uh, Zach hair. Before we dive all the way into Battle Royale, let's jump into the last Letterboxd movie. Zach, why don't you you go first? Tell us what you've been watching. Um, Okay, I've I've definitely been
2: prepared um, for this segment for the past um, two days. Okay, so my um, most recent watched movie on Letterboxd is Clash by Night. there other than me doing like these mini year marathons where I, I let a random generator um decide everything in my life um honestly yeah, i was between marrying 10 women and that's then how theo came well, to be it was a, well, wheel, it was a wheel decide.com it, it, it landed on number four and i'm like okay sarah's the woman i guess i have to marry out of the 10 <laughs> options
0: um <laughs> nice of her to be to go along with it
2: yeah <laughs> she didn't know this was involved and she doesn't know about the other nine women she doesn't listen to <laughs> okay. Um anyways, Clash by Night. Um I was doing nineteen fifty-two and I, I specifically chose this movie because the one, the only Bab Stanwyck, isn't it? My my girl, we just talked about her for five episodes. Um great performance. Um as always. It's kind of um this is a Fritz Lang um, directed movie. Um, you know, later in his career based on a play. And it does you know, play as that. So if this is the closest I felt like I'm watching Barbara Stanwyck on the stage doing this kind of melodramatic role compared to all the other roles I've seen, which I think she does really great. And, um, you know, she plays this kind of, you know, middle-aged woman, middle-aged in like classic Hollywood sense of what middle age would be, um, but that that weariness, that tiredness of, of of love, and that like having this like kind of rebellious streak, but trying to push it down and do what's best for herself. I think she does really well. Um, it is, you know, best served as a as a vehicle for watching great acting. I think the three leads, uh, Robert Ryan, um, Paul Douglas, Robert Stanley, all are all really good. I think Paul Douglas especially is just like, plays that kind of lovable schlub um, really well. And and even though he's kind of-
1: um, a So is he like a Ron lady. Livingston type in this, basically? Like that kind of character? Like Ron Livingston and Tully kind of guy? Like the kind of like, ah, eh, he's just there, he's around. Like maybe he's not very active. <laughs>
2: I, um, honestly, he's more like a Marty, if Marty was more charming and thing, but just a little slubbier than Bob wow. Lemonston is. Wow. Um, but I think he's just more charming and nice. He's just like the really nice guy who still believe like Barbara Stanwyck, in that part of life is going for him. But um, seeing him kind of go through the moments of heartbreak, I, I found on um, Really great, it's probably the standout. Um, as a movie as a whole, it, it doesn't, ha- I think, have tons of to offer because I said the melodrama is a little, you know, t- I've seen many things like it. Uh, it's probably not the greatest play ever written. Um, but yeah, great actor, vehicle piece at least.
1: Yeah, Robert Ryan, like, I pretty much only know him as like a villain in Western. So, like, him as a romantic co lead. And, he, kind of a- he, and he's kind of the romantic villain in a way in this as oh, well. Okay. So he's st-
2: still playing off of that that angle of him.
1: And this is Marilyn Monroe too, right? Is in this? Yeah, like, I mean, Marilyn Monroe is it, a but...
2: very small part. She is her mm-hmm. brother's um like fiance. So it's almost that like love in the early stages compared mm-hmm. to her kind of after she's been battle warned. Got
0: it. I'm assuming this is pre martin Monroe's like career breakout. This is It's her
1: first um not first it's movie. It's the bro, year first time before, before all... Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, I think. Oh so okay, the... right before that.
2: It was, like, the first time she was on, like, the poster. Like, her movie was, like, her name was... I forget the phrase for that.
0: She's credited on the poster. Like, Top yeah. Bill? Is that what you're top Bill, yeah. yeah. Yes. I have not seen this. I'm assuming, Paul, you have not seen this either?
1: No, no, Zach, Zach mentioned it as something that he was going to planning on watching. It sounds, like, mildly interesting, but, like, for me, I, from what I found, like, the Fritz laying outside of, like, sort of the known masterpieces is pretty, like solid but not spectacular i think like i think like his great movies are great and beyond that like he has a lot of sort of like middle of the road stuff so like maybe i'll watch it i'm not like super you know the zach's pitch doesn't sound like it's like a rush out okay um so probably skip that one but who knows maybe i'll come around to it eventually yeah compared
2: to the five and a half uh barbara movies we talked about including um Remember the Night. This is my least favorite of those seven that I've seen.
1: Okay.
0: Okay, yeah. I guess in that context, it does feel like a like a lot of other films of the same era. Just very, you know, kind of
1: drama, rom-com-y. Religion. And there's a reason it's, it's not wrong, really John. known now. It's like, I'm sure it's solid, but like, I'm sure if it was like the kind of thing where if there was any specific standout <laughs> element, like, it would be yeah. like, ah, remember, you know, this movie, Clash it, it,
2: um And Another kind of selling point for me is I legitimately thought this was a film noir. I don't know why. I think it's the title. So I like, had no idea what it was going into. But it took like two minutes for me to understand that this is yeah, I, I, a Yeah, I noir, saw this on,
1: on your letterbox and I was like, did he watch They Live By Night, which I watched and loved this year, which is like a Nicholas Ray movie. Mm. But I was like, that is not the same movie.
2: <laughs> I think that might
0: be what I, where I'm crossing yeah. together. We all, we all know the only reason Zach watched this movie is because he wanted to tie me for a number of Barbara Stanwyck films watched because he just liked <laughs> claiming to be her biggest oh, yeah. fan while having watched less than I had. It was very frustrating. <laughs> so I gotta get one more to take the lead. All right, well, we'll see how that contest goes. Paul, what's the last thing uh, you watched, Log? Yeah,
1: so before the show, we were talking a little bit about Or even in the beginning of the show, talking a little about anime and everything. And uh, the last thing I've logged actually is uh, the Neon Genesis Evangelion movie, The End of Evangelion, which is like, um, if you're on Letterboxd, it's like one of the highest rated things on the site, kind of. Um, And, you know, like Eva as a series, like it's kind of a well known anime. It's like, you know, very much of a piece of the 90s. It's Hideaki Anno. Um, And it's essentially, this show is about um, this young boy named Shinji who becomes drafted into this program where. Uh, this small group of children has to pilot these mechs to fight these giant creatures named angels who are coming to sort of take over the earth. Um, and then they, it, it's a, a film that's a much, very much about like, existentialism. And this movie is like a reimagining of the end of the series. It's this very much like Shinji kind of looking in a mirror, um, and looking sort of through the lens of time and seeing like what his impact on the world is and how he wants to live his life. Um, it's one of my favorite film, like animated films of all time. Um, It's a thing I discovered sort of like in the middle of quarantine and really kind of blew me away. Um, It's really not for everyone. I think the show, I mean, you have to watch the show to really understand the movie at all, Um, but it's very much like something that's about like burrowing into your soul and your mind and um, examining sort of like what the root of your happiness and unhappiness in life is and seeing like if you're willing to change that or the risks you're willing to take as a person, Um, which again, sounds very high-minded, but I mean, that is kind of what the series is. Um, recently the creator released these, this, these group of movies that are like a, again, like a redo of the entire series from square one. There's a series of four movies that just dropped all on Amazon prime. Um, and I'm planning to rewatch or to watch those for the first time, but, um, yeah, I rewatched the, the movie and this movie still like really like sends me into such a, like a spiral of, of thinking and, and sort of like almost feeling like I'm like Dr. Strange Astro projecting outside of myself and seeing my body. Um, but it's fascinating and it's one of those things I love to think about um and is incredible animation wise and everything um but yeah it's it's a movie that i think again like if you're into anime it's i think it's very much something i'd recommend but if you're not it might be a tough like first kind of introduction thing um uh, but i think it's like one of the great like media franchises of the last 20 or so years um just in terms of like what it says and what it's where it's willing to go because i think like you know you, when you think of animated movies and shows and stuff it's not this kind of to- these kind of topics and this is very like um i don't know it's it's also very influential i think in a lot of other stuff but yeah um, Eva is a series that has become important to me, even though I had never, re- I wasn't somebody who watched it early on. and know it's a big early anime for people, but um, yeah, end of Evangelion. It's a pretty wild and like, it, it is one of the crazier animated movies that you'll see. I think.
2: I'm pretty convinced. I would love it, but I just haven't, you know, there's so much time in a day. And I, I mean, I want to do the series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If it, you do, you uh, maybe. To, if, do yeah. If I get like a sick day, Mm-hmm. Oh, or like a snow day this year, I think I can like really delve into it a little bit, but um, cause it seems like something I want to devote my
1: thoughts to for a moment. Too, yes. Not, yes. Yeah. It's not something you want to be like, let's watch one episode of this and then yeah. let's turn on Ted Lasso or something like, <laughs> it's not that kind of show. I think um, it is like very much something you want to sit in. Yeah. But, so if I, um, if I, if I ever, pretty-
2: yeah, if I ever get a break from from normal life, maybe, maybe I'll – because I, I think just you, – you sell really well to me uh,
1: with, you know, the depth and, and the kind of philosophical concepts. And it's using this, I'll, like, mech action skin yeah. to really get at these ideas that I think, like, would be hard to, like, sell somebody on, like, watching something if it wasn't, like, told through some kind of, like, pers- like lens like that where there is, like, something else going on visually along yeah. with sort of the, the ideas. And it's really lived a second life since the Netflix released. I feel like it's really became part of conversation a lot. Um, yeah, and especially now, too, with, like, the rebuild movies being on Amazon now and, like, everyone can watch them. Like, the whole – it is this, like – it is kind of it is his opus in so many ways, right, as a creator. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, if people might not know this, he's actually in The Wind Rises. He, like, voiced – in the Japanese version, he voices the main character, and it's, like, considered – like one of the great kind of voice performances in like animated film histories and this that was like a side project for him in the middle of making like this the, these read movies so um he's a great filmmaker and like someone i think a lot of people haven't really seen but um it's well worth your time i think so you do need to watch the tv show to really yes I, I mean the movie i mean the movie already. even if you've seen the show to be honest the movie doesn't like quote unquote make sense but mm-hmm. like you will be lost and, and a lot of the stuff won't mean much to you unless you have like the investment in the in the character of Shinji and Asuka and all these other people Misato and stuff, um, but yeah, certainly one of definitely a, an anime for the sad boys out there. I would say.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, um if I, ever I feel interrupt. like you just called us sad boys, which is- I mean, it's fairly, a, fairly, yeah, sometimes you know with, with art, <laughs>
1: that's how I feel sometimes. <laughs> I like to think we're more happy boys. There is like aiming on how to be happy. Well, it's I mean, it's about finding happiness right yeah. it, within your sadness, yeah, and that's like yeah. a lot of what the show and movies about uh, in a very beautiful way. I think yeah
0: yeah all right talking of finding happiness inside your (laughs) sadness um the last thing i watched is i finally caught up with Zack snyder's army of the dead what is the fucking sad (laughs) intro (laughs) what does that have to do with happiness yes nothing it's it's called it's called a segue Uh um yeah it's a zombie movie about uh basically a team going into las vegas to get money from a casino um i kind of so I'm not a big Zack Snyder fan. I feel like that's um, well documented at this point. Um, I find his his work sort of frustrating. I think he spends a lot of his movies pretending that he's doing Shakespeare when he's doing like something that's just dumb violent, dumb action violence. Um, At least in this, he seems to like understand what he's going for. It's kind of just a kind of dumb fun zombie team up action movie. Um, And then at the end, they have this real emotional scene between two of the characters that's supposed to play. one way but like they don't set it up at all it's not earned by the entire plot of the story and it really sours me it soured me on the end of the film i was very frustrated by being like you did not set up an emotional relationship between these characters in your story you set up a fun team up with a bunch of bad people you basically set up suicide squad going into zombie zombie land but like you did not set up an emotional like arc for these characters and also don't have the actors to pull it off and it really soured me on the film and i ended up giving it sort of a negative negative grade but i will say that if Zack Snyder wants to continue making movies in this vein, I kind of enjoy his, I like, I ignore the acknowledgement of that he's making a silly kind of violent zombie movie and that not, that's not trying to be Shakespeare. I think it's, his work is better when he acknowledges um, when the, when like what he thinks he's doing and what he's actually doing connect, you know. Don't you just
1: think just, this is still kind of going for the Shakespeare thing though, especially with the zombie king and queen thing and how like that, oh, that, yeah, graphic, that, that whole thing is. That, Um, I think that's very much is, is, is kind of going for, I think he's like, he's putting that he's still putting those themes in, which I think is like, you know, those are the things he's interested in as a filmmaker. So it's like the messianic, like that stuff is like what matters to him, I guess in art. So I, I feel like it's, I get what you're saying though. Like, where it's like, this is a different lens to view it rather than like through something that's got these expectations behind it in a way that I think it's kind of like becomes too much weight for some of them to bear. Well,
0: like his, I think the failure of his entire DCU run is that he, the expectations and the things he's trying to do storytelling wise, rather than telling just like a fun story where there's some action and some good character beats is he's trying to tell, you know, Henry the fourth in every single superhero movie. And it's like, there's no way on earth you pulled it off. And I kind of enjoyed it. This, this felt Quite, more. Uh, like yeah. It. He
1: should make the sequel. Henry the fifth is way better anyway. <laughs> um, you shouldn't be interested in the prequel. Uh, let's go to the next entry in the franchise. I will say and Henry, Henry portrait of a serial killer right after that. It's like all the Henry. Movies. I, you I, and, that. And I, honestly, on paper, that
2: doesn't sound like a bad idea. Like a Henry V Superman movie, I think, could be good with someone who is like intelligent and understands human emotions in a deeper way. But it's the most like trite version of trying to tell these stories. And same with that. It's just, I understand of drama, it's just not like complex and thoughtful enough to be interesting.
0: He has a trouble understanding like what he thinks scenes are, his audience is not seeing like that to me is, and i think that's a consistent frustrating thing with him in emotion is he has these scenes which are in his eyes a really emotional scene you see this throughout the superman movies with like his parents and like he clearly thinks they're incredibly emotional scenes and i, th- you, I think
1: like, we might be projecting a little bit on to him as a per, like what he thinks or what, like i don't know if that's like what yeah. you, like i don't think that's a very interesting conversation i think just more like if if for you if for you it doesn't land emotional beats that it's go i think that's, that's right. different than like what he sees in his mind. Cause I don't know, speaking to yeah, him, no, I think it feels a bit that's unfair. Fair. And he's honestly like a good sport about a lot of the shit too, especially like in the media, like in a way that I think like a lot of people are not as much, I um, wouldn't be in his position kind of thing. So like in a weird way, I do kind of root for him in a way. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly, see. I mean,
0: I, I, it's not, I just wish he would do stuff that fits his, his like his sensibilities. And I will say that even though I did not love this movie, Army of the Dead feels more Zack Snyder sensibilities, feels to fit with his sensibilities better than, like, his DCU run. It's just like, he, he feels like he is, I would rather watch a movie where he's having fun doing crazy shit with zombies and, like, doing some goofy stuff there than watch him, like, kind of butcher superhero characters to make some weird things that doesn't work for me. I mean, it does still have the Zack Snyder moments. There's still some moments in the movie where I kind of roll my eyes at, like, He's a little overindulgent. He likes you slow motion. How so do you much. feel about
1: the the music thing? Because I feel like the, the it's weird how people like specifically rag on him for his music, ta- like it's his rock music rock insertions, up. and it's <laughs> like. There's so many movies that do the same exact thing. I feel like that don't get half the flack for it. I think they're fine. Like putting zombie, like the cranberry song, like it's a good song and it fits. I don't know. Like it's not. I didn't hate it.
0: It was not a game breaker for me. I thought it was like, it was a little bit like, it was a little trite. I was like, okay, we put the song called zombie. I was like, but like, I'm not going to like go out there and be like, that's the deal breaker for me. That was not the thing that frustrated me in the movie.
2: On the nose, this never—I have to touch my nose as they say. Nose—it's a requirement. (laughs) Um, It it never really bothers me, but I will say I have a lot of problems with Zack Snyder's use of music, specifically in the Justice League, for different reasons. I think they're just very miscalculated tonally. Very often, when he's like playing sugar Rose songs, when you have Aquaman diving into the water (laughs) and it's supposed to be badass, I just like don't get it. (laughs) It's just like these weird ballady moments don't work. Yeah, I will Um, say
1: the the implementation of Tig Taro and I mean they did it kind of blows me away like how seamless yeah, it yes. is. like <laughs> yes. if i would not believe that it was like a cgi after the fact like recreated like it i to me like it was totally seamless.
0: Right. she so never knows. acted with anybody else she never saw another yeah. actor
1: on this film that was she. was she
0: was replacing um chris delia, D'Elia right <laughs> after like, like the pedo stuff came out about him yes and, yes and, yeah so yeah no you're right but it like you can also tell that they were able to pull it off because you'd never see them all in the same shot. They're always they're always a little bit like, it's it's well done, but also you, it sort of is the same thing. You can go back to like the Christopher Plummer. Where it's
1: like, it's interesting. He's always in his... In, like, I will in, say, one the bummer for himself. me was, I loved Amari Hardwick in this movie, and like, the end with his character, like, really fucking bummed me out, man. Like, the oh, post-credit so scene, I was like, we... like, I This sucks. Like, I was like, it's, it was cool to me that it was like, oh, like, look what happened to him. And then all of a sudden, it's like, just kidding. Not he's actually. I was like, okay, that's not. Oh, I did not know there was
2: a post credit scene. I so yeah, not. so he
1: wakes up and he's like, on, he's like, he's still alive in Vegas, like in the in the in the uh, the safe, and he comes out and he seems like he survived. He's on a plane, but then on the plane he like turned, like he would collected the money and everything, but then he turns back into his aunt and I'm like, god damn it, like
0: that's the final dude. shot of the film. Yeah, and it's, it's so it's, it's yeah. also frustrating because you just had like the what was supposed to be your big emotional kind of sad moment with Dave Batista, and then it's like. Wait, are you seriously going to attack on another moment where it's so poorly for a character? <laughs> like that's just that's just bad storytelling. You, that need, was to, those, like, you those, need to those, you need sorry. to balance those aspects. You need to It have, did like, feel like
1: a, it did feel like The Rise of the Planet of the Apes, like scene at the airport at the end where it's like, "Aha, zombies are in the world now." And it's like, "But it. I think there is a sequel I want to say in development?" I think.
0: I believe he's talked to I believe there is isn't like, isn't the guy who played the safe cracker doing
1: some yeah, so that's like a of- prequel. That's like a prequel. He's like that's directing so himself in a prequel, which is insane. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe, Matthias uh, Schweigert. he like
2: one of the biggest yeah. actors in Germany. Yes. So he he's like yeah, I think he's like
1: one of the big German stars. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, that's all that we we talked a lot about do the dead. It's not even the main movie of this episode.
0: No, we're we're <laughs> doing a whole month on this. <laughs> <laughs> this Benassi prequel. Oh yeah, so there's a sequel in development. There's a prequel film called Army of Thieves. That's the one he's directing. Yeah. And there's a anime series called Army of Dead Las Vegas. Sounds, sounds
1: kind of good, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I would say good. that could be I, enjoyable. Sounds kind of good. It might actually. Work, Although I'm actually. not really into zombie anime stuff usually, so no. like we'll see what happens because like Tokyo Ghoul, like the big sort of zombie animes. Generally, I'm not super into, but who knows? Maybe what you do. Who knows if <laughs> i even watch it? To be honest, will I actually watch it? No, That's probably not. Probably like thirty. I don't,
0: I don't think you're going to watch I don't think you're going to watch a prequel anime series to something that you probably didn't like that You underestimate you
1: underestimate the amount of anime series I watched. You know who no, is going it. to
0: watch it Lucas because he's like I watched no, Lucas
2: the first not one and I'm going to watch the
0: series <laughs> and the prequel and That's the not sequel. I would like to i, I to argue back I, I like to I only watched one Jackass film
1: and I stopped because I didn't like the well, first what? one. What the fuck? You the one good franchise, you don't even watch all of them. What the hell is that? Hey oh my God. Um, <laughs> one of my
2: four half stars movies is to a jackass franchise. Well, okay, movie.
1: bad bad grab. is I would say a little different than like Jackass 2, Jackass 3D. Like that's not quite the same thing. Anyway, Jackass all Forever right. has a great poster and will be a great movie. I'm predicting it. I'm calling it that.
0: Best picture winner, twenty twenty two, Palayama. Maybe. But put it on the post. Stay
1: tuned. The co hoskers are gonna honor it. I if, if I if it's over my dead body, it will happen.
0: Well, I mean, all you need is two people to vote for it. <laughs> Exactly.
1: <laughs> if the ride, if the the climb, sorry, if the climb can get on there, like anything's possible. Truly, anything's possible.
0: I know. We have to pick our next year's mediocre indie film to vote for We're
1: invited to the co Hoskers
0: nomination panels. I don't know what the I was on the was, panel. So. I was on the panel <laughs> the last
1: two years running. Anyway. Enough All right.
0: <laughs> we've, we've talked about enough silly stuff. The Dig is our prediction for next year. We're going to push The Dig hard. Um, <laughs> did you watch I gotta The dig? It. I still got to see that. I, I did watch that. The Dig. That seems, real, that seems like some real Lucas core. I, I was a fan. but like, It's not a great <laughs> movie, but like, it's real. It's a real fun hangout okay. with like British yeah. people. Um, let's jump ahead. We're talking about Battle Royale, which is set on an island. So it ties into the month. Um, Zach, I'm going to make you start the plot summary. And okay. I'll jump in if I can help you out, if you need help.
2: So um, Japan is in a, a futuristic recession, correct? So like Yeah, it,
1: essentially. Something like that.
2: Okay. Social upheaval. Yeah, there's shit happening. Um, and the youth are just kind of, in a, in a way that I think is pretty historic, kind of just like rebelling as the country around them is, is kind of falling apart. Um, so the, the, the high school people are just like, you know, doing whatever the fuck they want to a sad, um, lonely Mr. Ford uh, get get gets uh, nice side. Where does he get cut? On his hand or side? Bye, he gets
1: so I, I think, think it's okay. I think it's on his left. Yeah. Oh, it's it's kind of not totally clear. It's somewhere on his yeah. midsection side. Okay, yeah. It. That's okay. So he
2: gets cut by um, a, a student, um, the friend of um, our, our lead that we get to know later, um, and then we flash forward. on This the same um, kind of school group um, school year is on a bus. To where um it, exactly they, if you had to
1: guess what grade are these students in without it, they say they, they say ninth grade but they're okay, definitely so you do remember you do they, you do remember. i wasn't sure if that that stuck for you
2: yeah they're definitely in like 18th grade by age <laughs> <laughs> um i didn't i mean i feel like schools are different in country to country so I, I i just try to pretend that ninth grade wasn't the same to japan as it was to us but that that's how my mind got past i'm not looking 14 years old um Anyway, so they go on. Uh, they, they their bus gets they they black out. I'm like blanking on a bunch of shit. All right, all right, help they
0: me. go on a field trip.
1: Uh, yeah, they get gas. They get gas. They, gassed. they gassed. wake up on okay. an island.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the teacher that got injured at the beginning comes in and goes, "You are little shits, and now we've created rules that are making you make you kill each other." Um, but they set up the rules of the battle royale, which is that
1: weird. Um, the kids didn't know about this, by the way. This it, national law. This
0: wasn't a thing, is it? Is, and this is not the
2: first one. It's at least no, a third. No. It's at least a third, but we don't know how many they did, right? Yeah, because they show the the creepy the little girl, girl with the dolls. Right, like, okay, like yes.
1: This female Joker and over you, here. Yeah,
2: and you have two returning Victor's. Yeah, well, that's not confirmed for so the other guy. Now, for here's just a volunteer. Yeah, I think he's just
0: pe- crazy. You have yeah. two people yeah. who. Seem like they potentially know what's going on more than the rest of the students. Um, yes, the teacher lays out the rules of the game. Uh, uh, everyone's got a collar on. Basically, uh, if they go into a danger zone, if they try to do anything that the people don't like, uh, it blows up. They die. Uh, they I love weapons. Suicide
1: Squad. Yeah, it which is, is you know ties into our movie it, theme of this. It month. is very
0: clearly like Suicide Squad. <laughs> <at times>. um, <laughs> everyone gets a weapon. Um, they. Basically, is it seventy-two hours? Well, they get
1: an item. It's not always a weapon. Somebody gets a pot. They they get a um, a weapon. They get a weapon.
0: They're told they get a weapon, but not everything is as uh, as valuable as everything else. Um, They go uh, and they're told they have seventy-two hours, and the only way they all get off the island is one person has to remain at the end. Everybody has to die but one. So, very, very much like it's very clear that like when Suzanne Collins was writing the Hunger Games, uh, she basically took the Hunger
1: Games. The rules for the game. Is no comment, high. as Susan Collins is a fellow yeah. alumni of Indiana University of Bloomington, and, so I will not be commenting yeah. at this time.
0: Oh, it's not, it's not <laughs> a criticism. It's just it's very clear that this is a – she does her own thing with it, yeah. but it's, it's very clearly uh, yeah. the rules.
1: And they're
2: wearing, uh, like, collars. So yeah. um, if they are in a, a danger zone, basically they are taking out different territories the land to get them closer together. So at different times, if yeah. they don't leave, their head explodes, which then leads to before they even get out. Two people get
0: killed. One get you know gets their head the guy, exploded. The guy who knifes
1: the, who originally yeah. injured
0: the teacher in the first place is the first one to die. Yes. and then um
1: another and then the help. and then the teacher throws a knife at a girl's head. That's the first she's ta- one. because she's talking. That's talk- the first yeah. murder. No, yeah, because she's talking during the rules, which I <laughs> then, respect. Let him yeah. read the rules. God damn. I, hey. I, th- <laughs> Is this a a fever dream of mine? Sort of.
2: I don't (laughs) want to get fired. I don't want to say too much.
0: Zach has no weapons. Just so we're clear, Zach is a harmless pacifist. He is in love towards all. Um, They get sent to the island, and they basically have to fight it out, and then it becomes just a gigantic... I, I kept thinking Zimbardo and Milgram the entire time. Uh, Zimbardo, <laughs> the Stanford Prison Experiment, and like the taking wow. of roles in the scenario, and then Milgram for the idea that like if if you get an authority figure to tell you that stuff's okay, people start acting crazy ways. Uh, you also get a really cool stuff going on where you have ninth graders. So they're not only just fighting for their lives, they're also kind of paying <laughs> off all these really petty uh, yeah. hatreds and like small beefs they've been having along. And they've been given an opportunity to kind of act on those in the way they haven't.
1: Hey, some of them just no. want to no. kiss each other, man. They're just, they just, they got crushes and that's all that it's all about. when so you're when much I will resist you
0: with every fiber of my being. One of the all time great lines in the film. Um, yeah. And then slowly over time, they die. Uh, you see alliances get formed. You see people become sort of alpha predators, taking out many of the others. You see alpha predators get taken out. Um, you see people commit suicide because they refuse to participate in the games. And we get down to the end of it, and you they run into um, Shua, who is basically our main hero. And sort of, I mean, is it? I don't know if it's 100 confirmed. A previous um, victor. And somebody who is – or at least yeah. where? I don't know if it's 100% ever-controlled. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Because it's him. Remember, because the whole thing is the flashback with him and his girlfriend, and it's like they were trying to do the Katniss and pita thing from Hunger Games where they both just die, Um, but then they just get shot. <laughs> like Or she gets shot, and he survives, um, which is a crazy – I thought, I thought she, she shot him. Like
2: She's like, I'm going to live. It's like he
1: got betrayed
2: by his girlfriend.
1: No, I don't believe because that's the whole thing where that's where she's like, You gave me a reason to smile or whatever. It's, I've, I'm pretty sure the okay. shot's that. I want
2: you to rewatch yeah. this. Okay. Because that, yeah. so when I watch this, I kind of want to rewatch because we this. My interpretation is it said something changed and she like wanted to fight for her life and start shooting. And then he shot out of like that fear of why she's shooting at me in that line. And they interpret this at the end, you know, thank you. is you know, really like I wouldn't have been able to live with killing you and live with all this, like. You know, hate and anger that's built up through this competition and all the you know horrible things that we have gone through. That thank you for ending this instead of making me have to live with killing you. That she was like
1: regretting her action immediately. I that, want this to be that, watched. That, that, that. That does make Honestly, I, that, that scene I've always sort of like never really like paid too close attention to. I mean, it's, it it
0: is challenge. just
1: it is just like the sad. I mean, the whole thing is just like to I, yeah. to outline like the sad backstory of this whole thing and his motivation for being back in this. And, um, that's kind of a cool reversal, and then obviously the other like quote transfer student is like this total psychopath. Um, and we'll get into, it. But there's like this cool scene where he's like on a roof, and some kid like thinks he survived because he has a bulletproof vest, and he's like fucking unsheathes the sword and like jumps down like it's straight out of Samurai Shampoo or some shit. Um, so yeah, there's there's some like really visceral action like violent stuff in this movie that like, it's kind of why this movie is so controversial. Like it was struggling to get released in Japan. Cause the rating board was like, no way these are kids. <laughs> They're like murdering <laughs> each other. Um, and yet somehow it, it, it did come out.
0: Yeah. Let's go. One last thing in the plot summary is that um, Shua is able to d- disable the collars on two of the other participants. And
1: then they were able to uh, go. Well, back- Shuya doesn't. I don't, I don't think Shuya disables. I believe Kawada is the one who disables the collars that's why the the teacher was on to figure out how to disable right. them. You also yeah. you also have these other kids who are like hackers who like sh- shut down the computer system, <laughs> which is like a, this amazing scene where they're like gather sulfur and fertilizer. And I'm like, how did they learn how to do any of this? Hey, I have no idea, but it's incredible. They're basketball hackers. They're really at that, the basketball. That's true. Hackers, that's true. I mean that's a lot of these characters does, does like flashback scenes of them playing basketball, which is like that, one this uh, is so related. the
0: relatable. funniest thing to the movie to me is the basketball scene, but <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> they go back. They kill the teacher and um, they escape on a boat. Uh, two of our uh, main characters. And
1: Ka- Kawada unfortunately meets his untimely end as they're traveling on the boat. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, Shuya and uh, his, and his crush Nakagawa yeah. they they survive. They survive. They become, friend's and become friend's terrorists. Friend's <laughs>
0: friend's <laughs> yeah, and, then,
1: and they're like uh, on the run. Yeah, it's crazy. And
0: then uh, they did a sequel, and she didn't come back. And it's a very good choice um but let's talk about this film paul when we started talking about this month you were one of the people who just jumped at battle royale really a film mm-hmm. that you like quite a lot um why don't you tell us about your like your connection to the film and just why uh this one is such a, a an important
1: film for you I and mean, this is definitely this is just like straight up one of my favorite movies i think like it combines so many things i'm interested in i think um like the, I think teen angst as like physicalized through like violence and insane actions, I think is always something I'm interested in. And I think just set something like this on an island. I love that kind of environment. I love the whole, like they get one item, like the survival mechanisms of the entire plot. Like so many of the way this is designed is really like set to appeal to me. And also like, um, just like it being like a bunch of Japanese theaters is really interesting to me. And what it says, like, you know, we'll get into some of the thematic stuff later. Um, but it's just a movie that I can always that I always come back to and I find really entertaining, which like sounds weird because it, it's pretty dark and twisted in some ways. Um, but I think it also like it's right. It has this great sense of humor that I think is goes a bit underrated when people talk about this movie. And like it's so like everything said with such a straight face that it's hard to like think of it as a comedy. But in some ways it is. And it's so many different genres blended into one. But it's like it is one of my favorite movies because it's such a fascinating like social experiment of like put a bunch of kids on an island and like they have to survive and like what will they do? What kind of factions will form? Like all those little fun little details are, are always really exciting to me. Um, this is, yeah, this is just like one of my favorite movies. It has been for a long time. Uh, and there's something that, yeah, just like I re rewatch every, you know, every, at least once a year, honestly, at this point.
0: It is very engaging for a film that is about a subject as dark as, you know, forcing teenagers to kill each other. Um, and what, what really the, sets it apart think, for me is that they, they set it up as, it's not just... So like we live in a world where the Hunger Games exists. I saw the Hunger Games before I saw Battle Royale. So coming into this, it, for, it, I was comparing the two a lot. One thing that I think that really sets Battle Royale apart is that Battle Royale does a lot to um, give you backstory on the characters. There's a lot of like flashbacks about understanding why oh, certain yeah. people... Japanese cinema them. is all about flashbacks.
1: That's why this <laughs> is just like an anime. If you guys watch anime, anime is just... Flashbacks on flashbacks for random characters who you're like, it's not even a main character. Hey. They have like this big flashback. That's like what this is all about.
2: I told you off camera that this is the most anime movie to me ever because not just flashbacks, but
1: uh, the teen angst in school uniforms. <laughs> this is anime oh, yeah, that's there. true. I mean, they, they look like anime <laughs> boys. Like all this stuff is like very, that's kind of part of the reason it appeals to me too, is because this is like one of the most like live action anime feeling things I've ever seen. um It captures a lot of the like, kind of spirit The kind of like, weird like cute like dark humor that will just come out of nowhere kind of in a very otherwise serious scene a lot of that stuff is very much in step with that um, but yeah
0: another thing it does really really impressively is I think is because you have a group of people that have pre-existing relationships the difference between like you know hunger games is they throw a bunch of people that don't know each other in arena and this one you have all the really cool dynamics where it's like this girl hates this girl because of this boy and this guy is like you know just it's interesting to watch how like you they're they're Committing acts of violence because they're put in this stressful and crazy situation. But at the same time, they're still like stupid ninth graders who are like, Oh, I like that girl, and like trying to make a move on the girl on the island while everyone's getting killed around. Like, there's still like this. There's still like they just don't have that level of adult thinking yet, so they're still doing all these like really. But like, why should they? This is a fucking
1: insane situation. That's another thing. It's like we like. I understand like making that kind of critique. It's like why don't they? But it's like no, they're put on the island and told they have to kill each other. Like, well, this is nonsense. (laughs) This is insane, and like what that's. I mean, that's kind of one of my favorite things is the satirical edge of like, this is like the arrogance of like the elder Japanese generation who like the kids are committing crimes and doing all these bad stuff. So we're, yeah. we'll punish them and that'll fix everything. Um, obviously it's yeah, not going it, to fix yeah. it anything. And I, I think it's funny that it comes from an old director. This is like his last, his last completed movie. Yeah. Um, I I haven't seen his other, like he had, he's very well known for making these Yakuza films, like the seventies and eighties, like very much crime action fiction kind of stuff. Um, but it's interesting that he almost come. it almost feels like he's criticizing his own generation and kind of looking in the mirror and being like, why do we think of the younger generation in this specific way? Why do we put our blame onto them? Why do we project all of our insecurities onto kids? And that's like what a lot of what this movie is doing. It's like this generation, like being like, Oh, the kids are the problem. You know, it's like, Um, It's like the Simpsons thing. It's like, it's not my fault. It's the kids who are wrong. Yeah, because I I mentioned at the beginning uh, that
2: there's a historical context that's really Mm -hmm. um, owing to of, you know, the teens acting out as a response to the generations above them failing. And and as you're saying, this is instead of the the older generations owning up to their failure, you just place it upon our society's gone downhill because teens don't give a shame more rather than realizing their own fault and blame. Um, that they're not providing the society to them that maybe they you know grew up with and and have um, and and why we are still kind of connected to teen Anx, and I know you probably have some thoughts on this because you wrote a college paper about this. Yeah. but uh, <laughs> but comparing the the teenks throughout this movie compared to um, hunger games, I think is a is a really good um kind of comparison between Japanese culture and American culture because I feel like the American one that it's so like, Uh, hyper romantic in a way that's more mature than what it should be for teenagers where it's like about finding the love of your life and this is it's a lot more playful and it's like crushy and more chaste in a way um than that like who am i going to marry pita and have eight kids with him um idea
1: of what i think we think teens romanticize about well, I think in general, yeah, like, I mean, so, yeah, as Zach alluded to, I wrote a paper in college that was essentially, it was for a Japanese horror class and essentially deconstructing the way that this same story through a Japanese cinematic lens is viewed, is like, I and mean, this is a horror, like a dark horror comedy kind of. Yeah. And through American lens, it's like this YA action fantasy, right? Um, and I think the way that the same kind of story and structure is viewed by the two cultures says a lot about our values and the way we perceive ideals like this. But I do think that, yeah, like, the way that it translates something like the teen angst into this very specific hyper-violent, like um, they really like make these really rash decisions that don't really make sense. But like, that's like what teenagers do. Like they're not mature. They're not like good players of the game in the way that I think people like kind of want them to be. But that's what makes them interesting. It's like people trust people they shouldn't trust because of some stupid story they told them or whatever, you know what I mean? Or, or even like kids not knowing how to, how, how to hold a gun. Like when that gang of kids in the beginning has the transfer student and they like have him, like commandeered and he just like d- like makes a move and then like grabs the uzi and kills all of them it's like yeah they're incompetent 14 year olds <laughs> and that's like what is this is interest that's why it's interesting it's because like none of them are really that capable even like the capable ones are like not they're not like full fledged like spec ops soldiers the way that like in the hunger games like the careers are like they've been training for this their whole lives kind of thing you know like it's less and so that it's different in that regard too because it's like the awareness of it seems to not really be there yeah, because this is a, a, like a true punishment more than a reminder, is
2: like to risk going to put these kids on and yeah. kill each other, and hopefully, none of them survive. Uh, th- but a moment to, to capture that kind of naive innocence uh, that some of these teens are going in for that really has always stuck out to me is like the two girls who are like best friends, and they just want everyone to be friends, and they're like waving flags, just like we don't have to fight and murder, just like they are trying to black out everything that's happened yeah. around them it doesn't have to be this ending in their.
1: um i almost not say come but the thing is if they just wrong. all felt like that like aren't they kind of right like they like it is stupid yeah. that they're just like made to kill each other like that's insane like your friends who like you go to school with like the next day you're supposed to be like oh yeah we'll just murder all these people that i hang <laughs> out with and spend so much time with. like again like highlighting the insanity of the situation is what's interesting about this because it's like because we're in movie world right as soon as like a movie's logic is presented to us we're like okay these are the rules we understand this but it's like if a character questions it you should be like oh yeah it is still insane that they're being forced to do this right yeah. now at the age of 14 it doesn't make sense
0: isn't that the reason that they add the two outsiders into the group that by adding mm-hmm. them in there there you make the group as a whole less likely to
1: yeah they come together spend, and have a like discussion. 20 of them like if, if, if there were those kids who weren't there and all the kids teamed up with the hacker kids who like broke down the Wi-Fi, and the kid who can like shut down the cot, like they would all fucking escape obviously, you know? So they have to introduce some kind of weird wild cards into the mix.
0: I mean, some of the fun, the most interesting moments in the film are when people do like, I mean, they are really stupid and they make like, there's like, there's the scene in the lighthouse where all the kids are together and they're having this kind of like oh, yes. great life going on. And then this is the, kid, the,
2: this is the best scene of the movie.
0: The one kid tries to poison the boy that they brought there. And then some of the other people eats it and, like the girl, like this weird, like girls versus boys thing is happening. Well, that
1: speaks to me to the tenuous nature of, of friendships at that yeah. age where oh, yeah. if something ha- like you're yeah. not, it's not deep seated in like an emotional intelligence. So it's like, if you think someone wrongs you in one little way, you're going to snap. And just that one small mistake. I mean, she makes that one mistake where she free, like she's only like, it's a, such a weird chain where she's doing that because she's scared of Shuya because she saw him accidentally kill that one kid the one time. So she tries to poison him as if like that's going to be a good idea, and what then obviously her idea? friend, her friend comes home and she doesn't stop her from doing it, um, and then it leads to this whole shit, and then everyone just freaks out, right? Which is the like what guy. happens to this? The tension's so high they don't know how to deal with this. They're kids again, so like yeah. their reaction is going to be very extreme and chaotic, and they're not going to have like the right course of action. Like there's not like someone who's like sit down, like no, we should do this, do this, you know, just you know just kill this girl who just poisoned her instead of like who is it, who is it, who is it, who is it? and then they start shooting each other. I mean, the real villain of the movie—the girl who who got poisoned—she deserved
2: to die. It's her comeuppance. Don't take food without asking. It's fucking rude. She
0: was excited, neighbor. man. She was so she was so
1: pumped for that pasta. She was like, "Fucking give me this!" Like, and she like. She's like when she asked, she's like, Oh my god, like you're the best, greatest chef of all time. Like it's incredible. <laughs> she was really
2: nice about it, but she never said please.
1: That's it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, she was just like, Yeah, let's go. <laughs> and I was like, damn, this is like extreme. Um, <laughs> and it, then, that oh, is hilarious and crazy insane. Scene. But then, and it's no, sad like, at the same time yeah. too. But and then she the standoff
2: herself. of it is also just like very engaging and, and yeah. kind of goofy
0: in a fun way. Um there's so much it's so easy to manipulate a ninth grader because you know, each of the kids in that scene points the finger at somebody else yeah. and then they go into a full on shootout because they, they're not even they're not even they're not even at the age or at the And one age. of them even I, gets mad like,
1: when another one tries to, like, take control of the situation, and calm everybody down. She's yeah. like, right. who do you think you are? And then that, not, like, leads to right. the Stop playing problems, leader. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It's just, just, like, the <laughs> smallest, like, simplest thing. They don't have the emotional intelligence yet to be like, yeah. hey, we should, like, stop for a second. We could point the guns at each other, but we don't have to start shooting yet. We could actually, like, try to figure out what's going on here. Like, they just – there's not even – that's not even a thought. They're just, like, not there. And, you know, understandably, yeah. you put, you know, immature people in in, like, a – life-changing cataclysmic situation and then ask them to be rational (laughs) and they just don't And they
2: do kind of foreshadow it with with enough tension that makes those actions believable too. Because they 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 have the girl you know uh, that's upset at him killing her boyfriend, and they have the other one that like grabs the gun, and is just, like visibly shaking as they enter because like the trauma of everything else is just like really starting to get to her. She's like, "We're going to die! Like we're going to die today!" So she was just like on edge to where you knew something was going to happen, and that would just happen to be. I gotta say, movie. living
1: at lighthouse. Looks pretty fucking fun. Like it's pretty, pretty. It's a pretty cool setup. It's like a great view. You know, like it's that's a that's like a. a It's also like yeah. Who who else? Like why didn't everyone not flock there as soon as they saw the lighthouse? It's like lighthouses,
2: great for taking refuge and
1: great for doing lobotomies and masturbating to dolls of mermaids. Great for lots of things. Quite frankly, (laughs) Um, no. But just to zoom out a second, I think one of the interesting things. Kind of, we talked a little bit about the director itself, but. Uh, I don't know if you guys have read much into his whole kind of rationale for the way he made the movie and everything, but he tells a story in an interview about how when he was a kid, um, in I think it's like 1945, he was um he and him and his classmates worked in a munitions factory. They were not told what it was for, obviously it was for World War II. Um, and then the factory got bombed, and him and the like couple kids who survived were forced to like dispose of the dead bodies of his classmates. And like that is like the inception for him to make a movie that's like this dark and this like forcing kids into this kind of scenario. And I think that's an interesting thing about his own disillusionment with his country and kind of how that's mirrored with the kids, even though he's like older and has obviously lived much more life and doesn't have as much of a reason necessarily to be as resentful. But the, the roots of that are, are rooted in something real and like in the real world, which is kind of interesting to me. It's not just like a fictional hypothetical kind of situation. It is like something that actually happened to him that's kind of similar to what's happening to the kids.
0: I had not read that, but that is um, interesting that he would uh, not only have that experience, but then take so many years apart to like, it's some ways it's very smart to take so many years since you actually experienced that trauma and mm-hmm. to come back and actually kind of comment on it. You probably, by waiting like 50 plus years, you probably have got a much better uh, like interpretation or understanding of like the way you were feeling at that moment. And then how to, you know, conversely uh, place that in a story that you could be set in the modern era and, you know, work functionally as a screenplay.
1: Yeah, and then another kind of interesting element too. I don't know if you guys are familiar really with the actor who plays the teacher.
0: So um, I read I read stuff Takeshi, about him. He's a very Takeshi, famous TV uh, presenter. He's basically like like, you know, he's a very famous game show presenter in Japan.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's funny. His early career, he's like I mean, he's known as Beat Takeshi mostly for like the earlier part of his career. And it's like a sketch comic for like him, him and his, him and one of his, the guy he works, I forget the name of his collaborator, but like he's this big sketch comic and he, yeah, he hosts a lot of game shows, which is like what makes it extra interesting kind of him casting this role. But then later in life, he becomes this like serious filmmaker and like wins the golden lion, I think for his film, Hana B, the fireworks, um, or maybe the silver bear. But I think he went, he wins like a Venice top prize for like one of his films later on, he becomes this like very serious filmmaker, but, um, I mean, in this movie, he's, his name is Kitano, which is, like, his actual, na- like, family name in real life, um, and the director apparently, like, told him to play himself in these game shows, which is why he has this weird, dry sense of humor, but it's, like, kind of serious and not really the same tone as everyone else, but to me, like, that's such an interesting casting, and, like, the idea that, like, he's this comedian and comedic figure for most of his life, and then, like, this is him like through a different lens is like, I can't like, there's not really a good allegory, honestly, for this. I try to think of one, like for the American version of that, but like, it would be wild to think about like someone who was known as a comedian and everything becoming this like figure of of a serious crime filmmaker. And then all of a sudden, like now he's in this movie as like the beleaguered old teacher. Um, characters—it's like, characters,
2: Drew, it's like, like yeah. Drew Carey, kind of. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like Drew Carey, but then like Drew Carey started directing. like He directed like Hard Eight or something in the nineties, <laughs> and then all of a sudden was in a movie. It was like in a movie, and he's in Hunger Games as like I don't know, fucking like uh, Stanley Tucci's character or some shit. Um, it is wild. Like to think of that is just crazy. Um, and then his character is interesting too because they tried—they gave him like to me fake sympathy where you have these sad flashbacks where it's like kind of wandering around directionless, but it almost feels parodic to me. Like, I don't think it's supposed to actually elicit empathy for him, at least not for me. Um, huh. Like it's almost set up as like a, fa- like, like this is like a joke of like, this is what movies like this sometimes do. Um, to try to make you feel bad for these terrible people. But to me, it, it at least for me, like it never really connected. I think,
2: me. I and I think that's true also by one of the main moments of trying to give him empathy is really just a dream. It never existed in reality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> walking on the
1: beach with the popsicle. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I think also just, like, his first scene in the film makes it impossible for you to ever have sympathy for him, because his reaction to getting, like, slashed on the leg is to brutally murder two people. So at that point, like, you can't really ever give that character sympathy. You've set it up and such I mean, I do want to talk about him. He's great. Like, absolutely yeah, he's, hilarious. he's hilarious, the, the scene where he's he so has fun. to read about all the students' names, and he's giving them the bag, and he says that whole speech at the beginning about it, he is amazing. He's so good in this film. Like... You can quibble with I don't know necessarily if all the younger actors are particularly good as actors. I think they play the roles in like the ridiculous game.
1: They're, they're like. all believable teen like to me, they're all believable yeah. teen archetypes though. Like they to, oh, like great. there's not someone that's like, oh, this it, this doesn't fit in this movie. Like it's all like no. crazy
2: chaotic. I, I think there's one truly
0: great teen performance. We can get to that later. But oh, interesting. Okay. But I think he is I think he's the best performance. <laughs> I think he's um you're right. He has a weird sense of really dark humor there's like he's there's a level he's a little bit sadistic but he's also seems to be enjoying the aspect he enjoys the
1: game aspect to it which is probably him just like standing out on the patio sometimes like and basking in the sun like him just eating eating crackers when yeah like eating cookies or whatever like when it's super or when the power goes out or when like when everything freezes everyone's freaking out he just like turns it off and he's like turn it back on like it's very deadpan and serious but I, i find it very funny he's great and um He's
0: he makes jumping back to the like the people running the game interesting. Like if you don't have that character, I would never want to go back to see what's going on with like the control booth. But watching yeah. him is always he's always engaging. He's always interesting. Um, let's talk about the kids. We have a lot of them. You? So we have a lot of them die right away because um, they do a smart thing, I think, in that they don't really attempt to give you a lot of information about the kids unless they're the ones that survive longer in the game. You tend to know more about the ones who last yeah. longer. The ones who die, The first, like, 12 to 16 ones that die. Well, died. Nobu,
1: who is, like, Shuya's best friend, is, like, kind of the one that there's a big backstory right. to, and he comes yeah. back throughout the movie. He's, like, an important figure. Do you guys have a favorite death in this no, movie, sure. like, a specific kid's death who you find particularly, like, memorable or, or entertaining or strange or scary or anything like that? Because I think a lot of the deaths, like, they, they are all different. Like, they're, it's, like, I don't think many people yeah. really die in the same kind of ways. Um, I do. I love the showdown sort of between uh, Noada and the other transfers. I think Kiriyama or something like that is his name. But when they're like in the fiery like marshes and they're like shooting each other, it's like very like dramatic, like standoff kind of Western style. Um, or like the bu- exploding bus or the exploding truck when like the hacker kids like end That's up like facing good. off against him. Like the, I don't. Know, I think a lot of the deaths are pretty memorable. The grenade board.
0: in the head is pretty. Yeah, uh, you can't. It's hard to forget that one. I think that entire death, the jumping off the roof with the samurai sword, cutting the guy's head off. <laughs> putting the grid in its mouth and then throwing in the building to try to take the other ones out <laughs> is i think probably the most memorable death uh, That's insane in
2: i i mean i think right away i think the first death after they leave the building uh there's the guy with the, the, uh, be, with the uh, crossbow. crossbow doesn't know what he's doing another guy just comes and, like takes it and shoots him and runs away yeah. and it's like the true like chaos of like they have mm-hmm. no idea what the fuck's going on kind of moment and another way that it's like this is like a 10 second thing, but then like Romeo and Juliet kind of suicide, kill uh-huh. each other. I find a little like heartbreaking. Also, kind of like is, is kind of a commentary on like the Melchior Magnus of teen like, Totally, but it's like but it, it, it t- is yeah. kind of
1: like a little like to me. It is a little emotionally like resonant. Yeah. Like it kind of does actually hit. Where like wow, like these kids, like they're so dumb for doing this, but like they do hundred percent believe that like this person is that everything matters, for them, and yeah. they're willing to die for them and all this stuff. Like that's it. Like that's interesting
0: there's a purity to them and that the fact that they're so dedicated to this one person, they're like, I will never participate in this awfulness. So I'm just going to end yeah. it now. Like right at the beginning. I mean, the the I, one
1: that pissed me off is when the girl throws the bag off the cliff. I'm like, what, like, stop it. Like, what are you doing? Like, if you're going to like, if you're going to like commit, like, you know, if you're going to end it, like end it, but like getting rid of that is just too much. I'm
2: going to, I'm going to galaxy brain this a little bit. And this is comes from someone who's fighting against myself. Cause I so often complained about teen angst, but for watch this movie uh is, is it really are our teams really the the best of us like they just feel they feel everything so much and maybe we all should instead of like carrying wow. off our feelings yeah. and we should all just like wow we got michael really, sumar over here yeah, really a speech at the
1: end really, time, really
2: make life matter and life cares and every moment to us is important
1: i mean there's something valuable in that in some, I, I, I'm glad they're not making large-scale decisions because that can be swayed very <laughs> easily, off. I think. But I do think in some ways, like, they do represent a lot of things that I think people yearn for and, like, don't realize they miss in themselves and it is this, like, purity of belief in other people. Uh, but again, like, we see, like, but those can change on a dime in a way that other people, that older people necessarily might not, you know what I mean? Like, the distrust in the lighthouse is, like, evident to me of, like, the, the, the string is like so thin and can be so easily snipped. Um, it, but it is interesting yeah, to think about them as like those kind of things.
2: Yeah. And a lot of that emotion uh, is based around a sense of selfishness and self preservation, which is what that, where that lighthouse scene switches. Is that that we, yeah. we see all their friends are just controlled. Even the friendships come from a, and you see in this movie, from a, a sense of um, insecurity and need for self worth
1: in a way. I don't, I, I don't need a up teens here. <laughs> I, I, and one thing we actually have not even talked about is Shuya and his whole backstory with his father, which is like um, really like dark and really like tragic. really wild. When he when he finds his dad, and then the fact that the note says like you can do it, Shuya. It's like man, that is like brutal for a kid to like come home to, and then his best friend dies right in front of him before the game start. Like it's kind of crazy that he was even able to survive at all. Like that he even had the wherewithal to like stick it out based on like his trauma with death and everything.
2: Do you think in a way this is also showing him as someone who's been forced to mature a lot quicker than everyone else? And it's at that level of like maturity through trauma that helped his preservation through this experience
1: maybe i think maybe an i mean i think ultimately like he's still not that like he still freezes up in moments and he's still not like fully there i think and he's still like his whole motivation is a promise he made to his friend yes to his friend who like yeah like dropped out of school (laughs) and everything but we talked about the basketball thing i actually think that's an interesting like idea where it's like this representation of their idyllic past life right where it's like yeah oh i remember the days where we were just playing basketball there was no care in the world you know we weren't like worried about like killing each other it was just like us having fun together and it's like this thing where they enjoy yeah, the second being together um and yeah it's like that is like a, a, the image of their former life and that's like the way they see their past and everything, which is like an interesting uh, lens to see that They're obviously i support uh, yeah. basketball and movies at any time
2: well, also, like, top-tier,
1: really bad basketball in <laughs> movies. <laughs>
2: this is really play basketball. No, there, no
1: <laughs> I don't think this even touches, like, the. there's so many bad basketball scenes in so many what movies. Well, I mean, um, the great director
2: of Little Fish liked my tweet about how bad the basketball is in his movie Morse from America. <laughs> but, um, so I have a list, I'm keeping track, but... The moment of one of the hackers, they show him and he's like all, um, close to the baseline, um, like perfect for like a, a side three there. He just like for no reason throws it behind his back <laughs> just because I think the director's like, no, what's cool about basketball
0: behind the back. Passes.
1: It's not wrong. You know, They're pretty
0: cool. I will say going back to your point about trauma making people more confident, I do think there is some lines we see between characters who've experienced rougher past. I mean, that girl with that really sad Mits- backstory. Mitsuko, yeah. the one Mitsuko, who would, yeah. we find out is was sexually abused as a child. Um, that is being my right performance of choice, by the way. I, I Yeah, I would honestly I'd probably lean on her too. She's really, I think she's really interesting. Um, I also legitimately Coach thought... Ko I looked this up to give her some credit um, as well. She's in
2: 47 Ronin, I
1: guess. Is she really? Yeah, I've seen. Which which Ronan is she? Is she like number forty-five? Like she's got to be up there, right? of the better (laughs) Ronan. She's one of the better. I don't remember this
0: movie at all, but yeah, I think that she. I I legitimately thought they were setting her up to be the person who ended up walking out. um, For at least the middle in the center, she seems so competent. She seems so ruthless. Um, Even when she's talking about like the moments of like the pettiness, it doesn't always seem real like the other characters does. It feels like she's saying that as a way to like get around the fact that she's okay with just kind of brutally murder- murdering people at that point. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of get the backstory, which kind of starts explaining. Too. I think Kawada
1: is very good. I, actually, I think the actor that plays Kawada is pretty good. The kid who like had won the last games there. I know he's like very, like he gets the big emotional I the moments. Yeah. And I think he's quite good at this too.
0: But I, I think, think
2: he's a, he's a good physical beautiful. presence yeah. that he gets. Like, he just seems so believable as someone who
1: can like survive through this. And, yeah. I and think he, and he and is one that. of the actors who I think is older than the rest of the cast. Cause I think him, yeah. And the other transfer student, those actors were, like, three or four years older than everyone else in the cast. Which, like, it does give a good feel of, like, uncomfortability, unfamiliarity. And, like, these kids that, like, they, they, like we don't know them. And, like, they they seem foreign and too capable, almost, to the rest of us.
2: I, I think the part of the reason why I like um, Coach Shibasaki's performance so much is she has the real, like, smartest person in the room persona that, like can be hidden in disguise like she's trying to she's mm-hmm. play a little the shadows but when it comes out i think it, it i mean she almost really gets great. got
1: pretty early on when the girl like does the yeah. whole thing where she figures out like oh like i saw a tampon like i know she didn't have her period i know you just started your period yesterday and there's that whole interesting like kind of switcheroo that she pulls on her yeah um i did look this but up also, the, um, guy,
0: the guy who plays cow is five years older than the guy who plays yeah. Shuya. And is currently uh, the leader and founder of an anti-establishment political party in Japan. And wow. like currently is an elected politician in the House of Counselors.
1: That's crazy. <laughs> I was running
0: for the Tokyo <laughs> gubernatorial election in 2020.
1: Wow. That is actually nuts. I had no idea. I did not know
0: that. <laughs> just one more thought about um
2: her character before we move on is that i think another thing is it's a very interesting um manner of doing vengeance where it wasn't like purely vindictive to get back at you know but she never fully belonged with these teens and then um very like judged without really getting to know her um instead of her just like going and murdering everyone it's more like a like she doesn't feel great about it. it's not like she's having a great time like the other um the volunteer is where he's just yeah, okay. like, I, like, she's more in, like a, what mercy am i going to get we're in this fucked up situation you guys have done nothing for me so just like fuck it she's more just like fuck it mode
0: mm-hmm. rather than
2: a like i'm going to get back if it's my chance yeah
0: yeah let's talk about some of the others what do you guys think of um the girl who's always running I, I think it's one of the funnier uh moments in the film where she's just like she's just a runner and like, oh the one like, and then
1: the one guy who has a like, crush on her who used to like ride his bike next to her when she would run and everything. Yeah, like, really like the bit.
2: creepiest scene <laughs> going through, also like the most tragic
0: yeah she's like really, it's 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 it just i mean and, like the, the guy yeah the guy who's like come funny, on like yeah. let's 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 get it over yeah. with like you've never, had, tries never tries had, to rape her i mean yeah i don't think he goes as that far but he is uh being a real creepy
1: dude. I do Lucas, you that. don't need to defend this guy. I promise I'm not, you not to defend I'm not, this player. I'm, not, I'm
0: not, defend,
2: not defending him. Should he be on the Supreme Court? Yes
0: or no? Well, um, he Is he I'm worse on. than the
1: options? <laughs> <of your laughs> unclear, unclear.
0: I. He might be. He have, I don't know. He might be. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but it's, again, she's just another one that ties into this idea that, like, if you put a bunch of 13-year-olds, they do weird stuff. And the fact that she's like, I still have to run my miles and put <laughs> yeah. my put, put my running in. like Send me a Lucas energy there.
1: I'm not an idiot. That's true, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if you were, like, 14, I could see you being, like, I got to get my miles. Like, I got to be in shape. What if I have to run, like, 20 miles on this island? Uh, you know, I could I could I, th- get into I think
2: you get to, like, day two. Like, what is day life even fucking days. matter? I can't find my protein shake. Just fuck it. And then you, like, <laughs> commit suicide with your protein flakes.
1: I feel like we hadn't talked about the, the hacker kids. Those kids are the <laughs> fucking best, man. They're just they're couple, some bros hanging out, hacking the system, you know, beating the system. They even invite Shuya. They're, like, hey, Seems come be with the boys. Fun. Let's hang out. They're just like chilling out with this computer. They're, you know, I don't know how this guy's hacking with his own hacking software that he's like created. Like, truly insane. Like, um, big, big, like LeBron's kid designing his own video game energy. Like, how do you have these capabilities of the computer when you're like 14 years old? Um, But I I thought it was great. Those guys are the best. Yeah. Yeah. They just didn't have a lighthouse. So, isn't that cool? That's true. Yeah. If they had their own, yeah. I mean, they had a warehouse, which is like almost as cool.
0: I mean, I do like the scene where he's just like, go get all this random stuff. They like, they're like the super geniuses. They're like, you yeah, have got to make like, a bunch of just random <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. People.
1: Sulfur fertilizer. And I'm like, well,
0: how do you make it bombs? Like, what the hell is this? Just making explosives. Um, yeah, they're really fun. Fa- I mean, they do a really good job kind of delineating all the characters um, that kind of last longer and play an important part. Mm-hmm. obviously you can't you can't
1: um make 40 individual characters that we can recognize but i think they do a good job but it, i mean the ensemble like i still think they cover so many and they actually yeah. service a lot of these characters in a way and it's like it almost feels like the anti-slasher where it's like all of them have character and they're all kind of actively participating in this sort of thing which makes it interesting but I, again like the, the way they have backstory for even like the one kid who has like the crush on the girl who dies in the warehouse um, and who it's so sad she kills him and he's like get away from here like i want you to be safe or whatever it's like that stuff is like legit tragedy and he's like a, this, the eighth lead or something, something this is what actually why actually this movie
2: stands out to me so much higher than um I mean, the movie of this what is now a sub genre more or less of the like people having to fight until the last one survives there's just you know it's a b i mean it's created, created a, a
1: video game subject like fortnite is <laughs> yeah, based on royale. the battle royale scenario like PUBG. But, all these games that are like like, this is a whole genre of video games, and it's like the biggest genre of video games in gaming today. It's actually wild.
2: But even before Battle Royale, there's still like. B movies and like Death Race. Um like is essentially like a similar (laughs) thing. Um much more from like the media perspective. Um I mean and then there were none, like I mean yeah, yeah. 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 So but so why this I I think does stand out is is really what Paul is saying, is because compared to Hunger Games and any of these, is it cares so much about everyone's experience rather than having like one noble hero that you need to follow that the movie just wants to to, to let tag and it doesn't everyone doesn't need to have a full arc
1: but they have their own thing in the movie they have like their own you know like their scenes and ideas that like (laughs) they execute or thing or things that they represent um beyond just like they're just another person from district whatever to kill you get broader
2: context of what it would be like to experience as a teenager you get multiple perspectives and ideas thrown in there rather than one character trait being just through.
0: and that's somewhat what makes it so impressive is they really are they take into account um the like the vast differences between teenagers how much these people are changing how they like the evolution of like who you are as a person is at its peak at this moment in their lives and that when you put them in this crazy situation they would react in just so many different ways you get to see people who really get get involved and interested in the brutality and the awfulness of it you get people who try to be you know good in the bad situation you get people who just go completely catatonic you get people who are like i need out of this i can't deal with this um you know it's like it's the, the thing i believe it's the ellie Zell quote which said you like you can get to see in true awfulness like like some people become helpers some people become herders um like the idea that just you know he was talking about the holocaust and the idea, like you know you put people in a camp which is you know a terrible awful place you watch how some people try to constantly look out for others and you know see if they can bring four people along with them to keep them surviving and you watch how others decide to like start turning people in and start trying to like yeah. steal stuff from other people you get to see like the differences in humanity and how we react to the worst situations and what this film does so effectively is give you a bunch of individual unique characters they don't feel like Characters you were talking about Hunger Games for a second. A lot of times in the Hunger Games, it's like, oh, that's the wood district. Oh, that's the coal person. That's the ocean person. Like they're very much thinking they, they get stuck. <laughs> the, in the best of the way water. to break people in the categories: the coal
1: person, Elements, the the person. coal person. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I um, am very much a coal <laughs> person. Zach's like, <that's> real <laughs> cadmium. Gets get real cadmium energy. I will um, say
1: I, I, something I always like in movies, and it's it's like kind of a dumb trope, but is this idea of, of when somebody promises to keep someone safe they don't really well, they don't really have a specific reason to do this and they like move heaven and earth to make this happen like shuya promises to keep nakagawa safe because his dead friend had a crush on her i guess but now then he like murders people for her he like tries to sacrifice his life multiple times for this girl he like is friendly with but like doesn't really even know that well it is like that that trope i always find interesting and like a strangely compelling device that like it shouldn't work but for some reason it often does
0: he gets a real hero complex. He really wants to walk. Yes. room. do you think
2: that's the connective tissue to his dad? Is like he couldn't save his dad and recover something, so he just needs to find like a greater purpose to almost like redeem himself. Or- well, no,
1: I mean he even says he's like he couldn't be there for his friend when yeah. he needed it, so he wants to like be there for something. You know, the closest thing that he can get to to nobu is really and honestly nobu kind of sucks like from what we see of him he's like not great he's like stabbing teachers and like <laughs> yeah. kind of annoying and like stealing cookies and stuff and i'm like he's a real he, fun. <laughs> he drops out of school i'm like is this guy really like the oh, you guy you want to like, take your life on but
0: that's also you like think that's he at least is- belongs on the island
1: <laughs> maybe i don't know <laughs> potentially
0: that's, that's such a 13 year old thing though is to like tie yourself to your friend you haven't really gotten old enough and smart enough to realize that your friend is kind of a shitty idiot. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah' you're like I mean, like if this if this movie happens when these are people are 21
1: it's like but he's my basketball he, teammate and I'm like oh, no. nobody,
0: but like dude you're going nowhere and you're kind of an <laughs> idiot you need to stop doing this dumb shit because you're bringing like bad shit to our door but like yeah. at 13 years old you're like deeply loyal to your like completely moronic dumb kind of I mean of it makes sense special. though because I
1: mean with the whole situation of his father that is his like close relationship and I'm sure like the person that cares for him and everything the most is is his friend in his own weird way um but yeah the, the, the father stuff is really a strange it is like very dark like even when they're at the restaurant and his dad is like making those weird comments about like what he can't is like oh, we can't eat here it's like what are you talking about like it's that the flashbacks have a weird kind of tenor to them that I always like I couldn't quite crack ever
0: yeah feel like you're not supposed i feel like that they're they're trying to show you the past but they're not they're not hand-holding you they're just kind of showing you stuff and they're not always clear about what you're supposed to draw from like it's easy to draw from mitsuko's past oh she has this trauma putting her on this island has brought up the trauma she's using it to like fuel her her like rage and her hatred of others but like some of the other ones it's just like oh this is you you get kind of caught up in it and just being like oh okay this is something that happened to somebody in the past. I'm not really sure what's going on here, but then it of just goes back to the future and you go, you know, you go, you go forward with the story. And in some ways it's just, it's better that way. Cause it, it would be really kind of stupid. If well, a lot right. of the I flashbacks
1: even... were added after the fact, I don't know if you guys know this a lot of like the oh, current really? version that I think is widely circulated is the ones that have this, these added, like the scene with the weird dream with Kitano and Nakagawa, like that's added, like that was shot like after the movie is already completed. The bat, a lot of the basketball flashbacks also apparently were like added in afterwards to give some kind of weird backstory, um so i think not the i think shuya is definitely not and i think hers not either but i think a lot of the other flashbacks are added in to give context which i think like mostly works like it mostly is effective i think well there's those three like like appendices at the end of the film where they do like Mm -hmm. the
0: three little like sequences at the end which i was actually i was watching it i was very confused by the the choice to do that and i was gonna ask you is that like an anime thing to add like little tacked on like almost solely um isolated stories to the end of your main story
1: i mean not real i mean animes have a thing called an ending which is like this big montage set to like a theme music but that's like a weekly thing that like is kind of like like it's it's like in place of the end credits for like shows and everything but it doesn't that's not really a big anime thing not really it's like especially at the very end of the whole thing uh definitely not no because they try to have like this kind of like slightly open-ended closure where it's like characters end up and you know where they're going or what direction they're in
0: it's such an interesting choice because they have the like the actual end,
1: Kawada dies. You know, you get the two leads going off. They're going go <laughs> like on the run in Tokyo. It's like what's that? like this is like I don't like that part. I don't don't think I need. It. I I kind of wish it ended with them just on the boat, honestly. Like the yeah. uncertainty of their future rather than like them literally like being fugitives in the city. Yeah. Like that is kind of like not necessary.
0: It does feel like the ending could be cut into the end of the boat. I didn't necessarily like need all the dream sequences and stuff that happens at the end. They like kind of that always mm. it weirdly feels like they almost tacked on deleted scenes to the end of the movie. <laughs> that, um,
2: literally you watched the whole thing through the movie and then they just replayed as like one <laughs> connected piece at the end. I honestly didn't know if you guys watched that because I was like, is this part of the extended cut that I
0: watched or <laughs> the regular cut? It was on the DVD I got, so, you know, I watched it anyway and was uh, a little bit confused about what the the purpose was. I agree that, yeah, the boat would probably be the better. I think it's
2: in a way I kind of liked it. It's like a moment of like reflection as Paul was talking about the basketball. So you could just see them Mm -hmm. like have fun and enjoy at the end of it uh,
1: of kind of. Like remember, this is what they were uh, like versus like what they ended up being at the end. Uh, what do you? But just real quick, what do you guys think of that weird painting that Kitano has, where it's or the drawing where it's like all the kids dead, and it's Nakagawa who like he sees as because obviously his own daughter has rejected him, right? That's kind of like a running theme in the movie. I and don't like know. It's her in this idyllic kind of like um, setting. <laughs> it's weird. Um, KBS drawing. I know it's gonna be put on my desk <laughs> one day.
2: Um, but also whatever music's playing during that scene just fucking rules. <laughs> really I
1: don't think I noticed the music. Yeah, uh,
2: the it's score. The bad. score in in this is really good throughout. It's a lot of, like, it's really very famous opera It's
1: very Like, it's very yeah. operatic. It's, like, super high-toned. Like, yeah. It doesn't have a lot- any, like, Japanese pop music, which I'm, like, kind of surprised that they wouldn't, probably, like, in Japan, probably, I don't of, like it. A- <laughs> maybe. I will say the painting actually plays
0: into the sequel. Um, so I don't know if that was the intentional choice. Oh, wow. Play- yes, because um, in the sequel, Kitano's daughter, like, enters the games. Well, it- oh, Wow.
1: Yeah, it's, that's it's, kind, of, it's, kind of interesting, actually. I mean, <laughs> I don't think I like it. Almost pushes me to watch it. I like it, not quite. But it's like see, so here's the thing. I think I think you would I think you would should watch it only on the perspective that I think it is
0: just bizarre the choices they decided to make with the second one. Just like knowing off you watch mm-hmm. the first one, you see what works, you see what doesn't, and then they go make a second one, and it feels like they. I can't Sh- tell. Sh-
1: Shuya turns into like Sarah Connor or some shit in the second one. It's like he's like a fugitive that's like has this like faction of insurrect of like insurgents. It's like what he is he has that- like an
0: he has like an Ireland fortress that they're trying to send the children <laughs> after. That's that's in the the second battle royale is not kids killing each other, it's kids being used as military soldiers to take out Shuya's army.
1: It's a truly mm. I mean true. that has like some thematic resonance, I think. Like that that's kind of interesting. Like the ideas are interesting. I'm sure like the movie itself doesn't seem although I will say. So I know that the second film is like one scene is directed by Kinji Fukusaka and one, the rest of it is directed by his son. His son directed like one of my favorite movies of all time called X-Cross, which is like the slasher from 2007 that like fucking rips. This. Yeah, that movie's uh, great. Um, so I, I wonder if there's anything to the rest of his movies. But I know that most of his movies don't have the best reception. So I'm not sure. I do think that, I
0: think part of the problem with the second one might just be people watch the first one. And the second one is sort of a sequel. In it, It's very loosely a sequel.
1: Like, I would just a watch content. a sequel of just, like, another one of these games with random exactly. other groups of kids. I would, would totally like, watch something like or that. Or it would be a better choice. Maybe than, maybe like, that yeah. wouldn't be artistically fulfilling, and maybe you would just, like, undercut the, you know, the great, greatness of the first one. But, like, it would probably be entertaining, honestly. And, like, at the very least, like, putting random kids in a scenario that always is kind of entertaining.
0: What's, like, why, what? horror, films, it's, like, why horror films almost exist in the first place? Like, the concept of the slasher group of kids going out and encountering the bad guy is the like the, the fundamental premise behind most horror franchises. And you could have done something yeah. you know, you have a you have a good idea, you could have just run the Boy of Battle Royale over and over again.
1: I like I don't want like ten of I don't need like a jarhead level like seven yeah. sequels but i do think that like, like another one would have been interesting
2: battle what if, nine what or if or like or like with a,
1: adults kind of would be interesting if they just like put like or slightly you're to me
2: to yeah. my idea which i'm like convinced pie would still be bad but like we're not producers let's present our movies um so like what if one of the like past winners as like their active agent, somehow gets power and sets so their own battle royale and brings in all these like adults as their
1: their vengeance are like power yeah flyers. that'd be kind of interesting or like yeah. a bunch of teachers even or kind of yeah. crazy a bunch of <laughs> teachers or a bunch of like uh bankers yeah. we put yeah. right well now. bankers <laughs> would just be boring you know you have to think the thing about the teams is like their personalities and interests are so varied yeah. it's like the, going by occupation saying, it not might good. not be good but it seems like a yeah. little more of a logical spin on it yeah, like
2: the, yeah.
1: yeah. i'm surprised that's never been done like but like kids putting a bunch of adults into like a battle royale kind of maybe that scares like adult producers too much to like even <laughs> approach those kind of ideas. But it'd be kind of interesting. I will like say like-,
2: like if, if Saul turned out to be a nine year old. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> oh, that's called the Book of Henry. Oh, alone. <laughs> called the Book of Henry. That is
0: correct. That is correct. Um. There, like, there was some information that came out of it, like they, that there were certain people using the events of Battle Royale and then like claiming they watched it, were really into it, and then actually committing
1: real kinds of. There was just the, I mean, there was the one that delayed like the physical release of the. Yes, movie that's, and, what, I was, that's and, what I was specifically talking but about. The, oh, the only thing, I mean, that was just the classic American thing where it's just like he's watched the movie, like, oh, great, like. Yeah, murderers watch a lot of movies and read a lot yes. of books. Like that doesn't say anything. Interesting. Correlation like, is not,
0: not causation.
1: Please. Well, also, it's not like this guy is putting people on an eye. Like, there's no, there's no way to tie something a crazy situation like Battle Royale to like a real life scenario unless someone's recreating it, which like obviously would never happen. Like, well, it's sort hopefully, of like, it would never happen.
0: It's sort of like the shootings uh, for Dark Knight Rise. because like they're not yeah, yeah. dressing up as the Joker and doing it. They're not attempting to. They're not putting well, the people guy. On I mean, the guy in Aurora, Colorado did. Did you really this. dress up as the Joker? That is yes. Thing. Yes. That I'm, I'm kind of glad I missed this. But anyway, yeah,
1: I, I just think Battle Royale is an idea that I think you could see. And I know there was supposed to be an American remake for a long time, and then they didn't do it because of the Hunger Games, which, like, that makes sense, honestly. Because even if it comes out, even if Battle Royale was a predecessor, people are going to be like, oh, this is just a Hunger Games ripoff. So it's, like, makes sense. And I'm kind of glad there was not, like, an American version. I don't know if it would be that interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'd be willing to go as far as this does. Because, like, the interesting stuff about this is how violent it is. It's, like, that's kind of one of the more fascinating I, parts about it. I think
2: the American version is Hunger Games. Like that's how they tone it down and I say change the romance. That's what you're gonna get, essentially mm-hmm. that same kind of film. Well um, it's gonna be made for twelve year olds because they don't think adults are gonna watch
0: movies about teenagers in an interesting mm-hmm. bigger. Well, way. Hunger Games also takes it and as like half the people in this event are basically like cyborg super killers who've been who are literally don't have feelings and emotions. Like they take away so much of like the whole only, right?
1: only two districts are like the like, careers are only districts one and two. I'm
0: just saying they, they very quickly turn it into like they make it more palatable by making you have even a basic understanding of so many fewer characters. Like
1: and there are clear villains I think in a way that they're not necessarily with with Battle Royale. Like Battle Royale has like bad people. I guess the one guy would be seen as a villain but like there's like a group of people who are like we have to you know that's the force we have to defeat. Um, in Hunger Games in the way that there's not in Battle Royale. Yeah, like,
0: basically, the teacher and one guy is about it. And then people, there are other people committing atrocities, but at the same time, you get to see information of their own traumas and, like, you know, why they may be in this position. And also, you're putting everybody in a position where, like, they have to kill others to survive. So mm-hmm. even the act of killing is somewhat normalized by just the basic concept of the game. is like, yeah, like, arguably... Those the ones who are killing are being smart, they're playing the game the most effective yeah. way because they have that's the only way you win. Then, and art like you know, we can talk about how like it's sad to watch people commit suicide or like this stuff like that, but like arguably they're terrible at the game and they're doing a terrible job keeping themselves alive compared to the characters who are, I mean, you know, yeah. it's it's it's, it's, just, it's interesting because it put it put forces you into a weird position where you may not want to root on the people like killing others, but you also have to acknowledge that they're the ones who are. Doing the smartest move in the midst of a game where they're forcing you all to kill each other. I mean, this it's, it's,
1: tip, it's tipping them mora- it's flipping the morality scale totally around yeah. into a way where it's like that doesn't matter at this point. Like no one is being morally right in this. No matter if you're winning the game, if you're losing it, whatever. Like you're not. You're like you're, you're fucking up either way. Almost, I think right. Unless you're the guys hacking, you know, hacking into the system, having, kind a, of, having a good time. You know, kind of end it all, yeah. They need some beers. That's all they're missing. <laughs> they're like, they're <laughs> 14. They're, they need some energy drinks.
0: That's real. They need some
1: Red Bull. You out here thinking these 14 year olds aren't drinking beers at their hacking <laughs> basketball parties? Probably. Yeah, they got they got, they got they got monsters or rain or whatever. You know, whatever the Japanese equivalent is.
0: Rain was definitely not around in. Their-
1: <laughs> i have no idea what that is
0: it's uh rain is the it's rain body fuel it's like the high performance
2: sports. oh my god energy. i'm not gonna drink anything called fuel <laughs> body fuel it's, it's like
0: 300 yeah, milligrams body fuel in, sounds
2: in water like, just body fuel and it sure. sounds like you're just drinking sweat <laughs> just, like semen
1: i mean <laughs> oh, <never> <laughs> sweat i'm in i don't know about the semen part <laughs>
0: I think there's like I think there's like but there's, there's a couple of those scare articles every couple years. It's like, is Bull semen actually in energy drinks? And the people are like, no, that's actually not it. Things I really did not quality. expect
1: on the Battle Royale
0: episode. <laughs> we talked about hackers, <laughs> we talked about energy drinks. Um, uh, Paul, do you have anything else you wanted to talk about with Battle Royale?
1: No, I think that mostly covers it. I mean it, it just was fun to kind of to rewatch this and kind of you know dig into a little bit the ideas behind it. I think it's interesting, like again, like people who are not as two people who are not as familiar with anime, like your perspective on it's very different, I think. Um, because it like it feels familiar to me in a way that maybe you t- does not.
0: Is the um the constant use of like text on screen a very anime thing? Like they do all the chapters and like jumping. Uh,
1: not necessarily. I mean, the flashbacks are really the biggest thing. Where it's just like there will be random flashbacks in the middle of some episodes that will last like half the episode and everything, mm-hmm. and like that is like a running theme. And it's just like the aesthetic more than anything, and like the kind, like the kids and like the violence. Yeah. It's, that stuff. The- it's not every detail. The heightened emotions, I think, is very mm-hmm. anime. Yeah. Yeah
0: um zach do you have any final thoughts on battle
2: royale Nah, this movie rules and i said this like i i I don't know because i i think i've seen lots snippets of it as a teenager because i said my brother his computer's over me adores this movie it's one of his favorite movies um and so and he was also a big anime fan so i kind of have some connected tissue i think in there as well um that, that it's nice. I have rewatched it as an adult, but I think just the older I get, the more I watch it, the smarter I find it. I feel like as I was younger, I kind of um, dismissed some of the inksiness to be a little obnoxious and take away. And now I'm just like so highly interested in its use of it. Um, so, so this movie ages, I think, really well. And, and I look forward to rewatching it the next couple years again.
0: I can I see it happening. Yeah, so this was my first time watching it. Um, I think it's it was it was a fascinating experience. Really great film. Really enjoyable. Um, I was just constantly impressed by it. I kept rewinding it to make sure I was not missing like small moments and beats and like dialogue and stuff. Um, I, I think it's really smart and like smarter than you would think if you're told the basic premise of this film. Like if you tell somebody, oh, they threw a bunch of kids in the island and they tried to kill each other. I think you would think that movie is really dumb and, like, oh, it's stupid, and it's just trying to show off the kills. And, like, there are cool kills in this, but that's also not the point of the film. It's much more about, yeah. like, what they're trying to say about society and about humanity and, like, the psychology and how we, like, you know, react to the Well, it's situations. using the
1: schlock on the surface to, like, dig into something interesting, which, like, is kind of what a movie like should, should do. Absolutely. And it's, it's
0: just... I can't wait to rewatch it because it feels like a film that you pick up more and more each time. Like, it's so dense. Like, I felt like I probably missed 25% of, like, what the movie is trying to say. Just trying to pick up on the basic uh, moments. I love how it is so willing to slow it down. Like, when they actually are introducing all the characters, they're giving them their numbers, they're giving them their bags, and they're sending them out in the game. Like, it's willing to take this... 10-15 10-15 minute sequence of just doing that, but then they Oh, speed and the, it up the and rule get...
1: explanation seems also hilarious. But girl, that's very animated. They're like, these are the ru- I'm gonna tell you in this crazy, weird, cheerful voice. Like the rules for killing each other in this game. It is like that is very animated
0: It also crazy. felt like what little I've seen of Japanese game shows. I know uh, Japanese game shows are famous it's... for being the world's re- most that's ridiculous why crazy premises. Katana,
1: Yeah, makes sense as the as the teacher. That's they seem
0: to love like games where they put people in like bizarre situations and make them do dumb weird stuff. like extreme survivor and like you have to like walk around naked and stuff just crazy stuff going on but yeah no really enjoyable film really smart i can't wait to rewatch i feel like i'll get much more out of it um paul do you have any final thoughts you you feel like you've already spoken
1: yeah i mean this is this is just yeah one of my favorite movies um it's a bummer i'll never be on this podcast ever again this is my one (laughs) and only appearance but um it was fun while
0: Yep, we're like presidents. Uh, you only get one term and then we kick you out. Well, only
2: one of us are going to be on again because we're all about to murder each other until last one survives. <laughs> yes. And then I will say, I promised Lucas I would protect Podcast, him. Podcast, <laughs> royale. Podcast <laughs>
0: royale. Zach promised to protect me. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um, I'm going to be honest. If we're in a battle royale, I'm just going to run away from you two because one of you doesn't have an ankle. <laughs> So for you're going run away from me? The only time
2: anyone would ever have said that. I, if I my Battle Royale thing is the same to my apocalypse strategy, which is I'm going to k- kill myself right away. That seems like way too stressful. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll climb a tree. I'm out. I'm out right away.
1: That's going to miss on the Lighthouse hangs because he's fearful of his face. <laughs> Maybe
2: I will. Yeah. I mean, if there's like a bunch of drugs and shit on this island, I'll just
0: like go fucking crazy until <laughs> <so> I'm out. <laughs> Zach, what is Permanently damaged his career prospects. <laughs> um, the good news is we're not 13. So we can also just go hang out in a lighthouse and not kill each other. Every second that like one of us looks in the wrong direction. But we're all going to die. If anyway. lo- only if you're
1: fond of my lobster. That's the only condition. Is we just have a great lobster. three days.
2: Do all the drugs and then die in 72 hours. Get our head explode.
0: All right. Fitting,
1: fitting way to end the episode.
0: We have talked about Battle Royale. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you, uh, yeah, like, subscribe, comment, do all those uh, the good things. Thank you to Paul for coming on, who, um, um, yeah, he may come back. He may come back if we, if never, he, we, never, never. He's, like, he's, he's shadow banning us now. Never. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. We're going to ask him about another opportunity to be on the podcast after this episode is all over. Um, I can make my first
1: and only appearance then. Yes. I look forward
0: to it. Absolutely. Um, next week we're going to talk about Shutter Island um, with wonderful previous guest Cody Newberry, which is another movie on an island, a little less bloody um, and a little bit more psychologically tormenting. Uh, so,
1: yeah.
2: I realized I made my my Shutter Island joke before we aired our Shutter Island episode.
0: Oops. The bottom <laughs> this is. is. This, this is what happens when one <laughs> of us has a spreadsheet with all the dates and the other person does not. Um, With that being said, thank you to Paul. Thank you, Zach. uh, Thank you, everyone who watched or listened. We love you all. Um, Yeah, more content coming. We out. Peace.